Hello everyone, this is Carlos Barahona with Two Reasonable Men. I appreciate you guys tuning in for our next episode, The Secret to Sales with Vance Curo. I'm here with uh, Danny Palatier, who is in Boston, Massachusetts, and, and Vance Curo also in Atlanta, Georgia. Danny, how are you? I'm good, Carlos. Great to be back. Great to have an interesting guest like Vance Curo, who I've known for a long time. Uh, Vance, the reason we got him on here for sales is because he's a guy that faced adversity as a young kid uh, with hearing problems, severe hearing problems. And he was forced to adapt. And then he chose a career where communication is key. And so I, I love stories of adversity and you know adapting. So that's the big reason we got him here. So Vance, great to have you here. Looking forward to hearing your story and uh, welcome. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited to be here. All right, great. So like I was just talking about, Vance, can you tell us about you know your young life and growing up with hearing problems and how did you adapt? Okay. Uh, yeah. So I was born with a nerve hearing loss. Uh, one ear was about 50% hearing loss and the other one about 30%. So not as bad. Uh, but I've had this my whole life. And so basically growing up in school, you know, my parents wanted me to have hearing aids uh, starting in kindergarten. So I didn't fall behind the curve, you know, with speech pathology and all that stuff. So uh, did uh, hearing aids up to second grade. And again, this is back in the early 90s. Uh, technology is not quite like it is now. So they were very noticeable, you know, and everybody was still young and no one ever picked on me like that, but everybody could definitely tell like, you know, Hey, I was a little bit different. You know what I mean? I had hearing aids. Uh, and, and I just kind of made myself a, a, a I kind of just told myself one day, like before I started second grade, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to do this without hearing aids, you know? And if, if I fail, then, then so be it. But at least let's say I tried because I always felt like I could maybe make that happen. Uh, so that's really kind of what happened. So it, it basically from that age, you know, I had to learn to adapt uh, in conversations and communications like from the get go. You know, so really the biggest thing that I think I've taken a, a learning to is uh, reading lips that I think you know, maybe people don't normally do and, and maybe recognizing facial expressions that people are making. And I think in turn, you know, the whole concept of like listening, I think I've taken it to maybe another level uh, because of that. So, so sales, listening, I mean, and, and, and knowing what your, your customer is looking for or what they're feeling. And I know we're going to get into that deeper, but maybe your adversity made you a better salesman because of your listening and your cues, your, your ability to see social, social cues, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So um, that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to, to asking many questions, but Carlos, take it away. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, one thing to me is adapting, right? And you say you were able to adapt, but another thing is excelling. And, and, and looking through your resume, it seems like you have done that. You definitely have. And you work for SQLab uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Can you tell us how when when did you get your job? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'll go back a year earlier, right after I got done with school uh, at the University of Montevallo. Uh, and I'll start with this, you know, my dad's been in medical device sales and my brother has too. So, uh, in my family, it's all I've ever known and it's all I've ever wanted to get into. I was a marketing major because I wanted to get into sales. Uh, that was always something I had an eye for. So after school, uh, was able to land with a, an orthopedic sales company called a Zimmer in North Carolina. And the reason I got that job 
really and truly, obviously interviewing is important and, and all that and having the resume, having the good grades and all that stuff, having the academic uh, success. But it's about networking. You know, I was fortunate that my brother was acquaintances of the, my boss that, at the time uh, in North Carolina. And that's how I found out there was an opportunity. Ended up driving up there. And the best part about it, and this is just to tell you how small a world it is, uh, the vice president of that distributorship actually worked with my dad like 30 years ago. Uh, he knew my dad. like, And when we first went into the interview, he was like, are you Sam Curo's son? And I was like, yeah. You know, Why does that matter? Because I was kind of nervous. I'm like, what, what's that mean? And he knew my dad and he loved my dad. And honestly, that that was basically, you know, that foot was in the door at that point. You know, so I always like to start with that, that networking is, is so important because uh, you never know who you're going to run into, uh, at, at maybe not at this point in your life, but five years from now, or in this case, 30 years from now, where it eventually goes full circle. Um, so, and that same thing happened for me when I got the job a year and a half later at SQF. Uh, one of my uh, fraternity brothers, uh, Nathan Landman, was working for SQF in a different division, and he had told me about this job uh, in Atlanta. Uh, so, basically, working with him I had an end to say like, hey, like I would like to apply for this job. We would like to move closer to home. Atlanta's perfect from Birmingham, and uh, he was able to give me basically a warm introduction with uh, with my manager present. So, you know, again, it's about who you know because if you're on a, a, a stack of resume papers, you know, it is so hard to stand out. You know, no matter how exceptional you may be, but it's all about who you know because if your resume can get pulled out of that stack. And someone's actually looking at you, you know, uh, the rest is history, I think, at that point. That's, that's outstanding, without a doubt. So, uh, so one thing I really liked from that was that you drove up there to meet him in North Carolina. I am the biggest believer of if you want something, go there. Drive there. Sit outside that office of the person all day. Exactly. And when he comes outside and he says, how long you been here? Oh, three hours. I just really wanted to meet you. Man, he's already thinking that guy's committed. Don't send an email. Don't write a letter. Go there. So I love that, Vinny. I love that. By the way, I call him Vinny because uh, we played college soccer together. And instead of calling him Vance, we called him Vinny for whatever reason. But um, <laughs> it's what I know him by. And I used to yell him on the field. We played center mid together and we were a, a dynamic duo. So, um, Excuse me if I call him by his nickname. But anyway, so let me take the next question away. Uh, what's the most challenging part of your job you know, out there selling in this market? Uh, that's another great question. Uh, the biggest thing is we're dealing with healthcare, all right, and, and in particular, Obamacare. Uh, and I don't want to get too deep into all that, but essentially, this whole industry changed, you know, seven years ago. Uh, and it, it continues to change on a yearly basis. So uh, it's a very tricky market just because there's a lot of things that are happening. Uh, it's not so cut and dry like a lot of other, you know, maybe sales jobs may be. So uh, there's a lot of changes going on within the health systems and the hospitals. So it's hard to keep up. Uh, and to go in with that, there's a lot of external issues that we go up against. Uh, hospitals are constantly trying to keep vendors out of the hospital any way they can. Uh, you have like value analysis committees. You've got hospitals that are moving to like dual or single vendor like sourcing so like you could essentially get locked out of the hospital altogether you know and not even I, have any say how do you get into that hospital then when they're locked up 
you have to have a product that is able to get around that where you're like, you have to use this product because we're the only one that's available. And that's that's hard to find. Um, you have that product? You know, uh, yes, we do. But again, it, luckily for us, it really impacts orthopedics. You know, the people who are doing total knees and total hips, those implants, they will do consolidations and they will say, hey, we're only going to go with one vendor or two for the whole hospital. Because if you think about this, cost savings is so big for the hospital. So not only can you pitch something about a clinical value, but you also have to bring cost savings because yeah. if a surgeon wants something, you it doesn't matter if they want it, but if it's going to cost them an exorbitant amount of money for the hospital, they're not going to buy it. Vince, can you tell us a story of a, a, a hospital that was locked? They weren't, they were taking no visitors for sales and you took your product and you got it in there. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think that happens on a daily basis. Uh, you go into hospitals where you don't have any business and, and per se, just like if you're locked out of a hospital like that, where like your product can't come in, that's a, that's a tough, really no way to get around that, you know? Uh, but I can, I can tell you about some times where like, we've literally had no traction at all, you know, nothing. We haven't historically had any business. SQF hasn't had anything in the hospital. Um, and what it comes down to, it's, and I, I always say this with sales, it's about having that hunter mentality. You know, you're on an island all by yourself. You don't have someone, you're not walking into an office and you have people telling you, hey, you need to go do this, make this call. Like you got to go and you got to, you got to, if you want to, you want to eat, you got to go kill and hunt for it. If that, that's how it has to be. If you want food on the table that night, you got to go and get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times it just goes, it's just taking like a lot of chances to go out there and getting in front of these customers uh, you may get shut down several different times. Uh, you just got to keep getting up off the mat. And I think it, the, one of the best things I learned, and it's really helped me, is you got to have a short memory in this job. Uh, you, you have the success, great, enjoy it, but move on because it's not going to be there a year later. And if you have something negative happen to you, don't dwell on it because Perfect. it's going to happen again probably the next day. So, 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 you, so you walk in the, the, the hospital, right? You drove yeah. – Three hours to get there. All right, you walk in the doors. How how do you get to the the guy that makes the decision, and how do you get him to say yes? There then, it, it doesn't happen that easy. Uh, unfortunately, it's a it's a process to know where you need to go. Uh, you may go into one part of the hospital, and you may talk to uh, several different people, and everybody has a different way of. There may be someone in charge that, that's the VP, you know, something real easy and straightforward. They've got a title or it may be someone in like this clinical specialist position that is making these decisions. It, it's so variable across all hospitals. So hard, the key is the person that makes the decision. Exactly. And, and it's not just that one person at one specialty. There may be several different specialties that have like that one person may be deciding on or not. It, it, it really changes. So that's about understanding your customer. That's about asking the questions to know where you need to go. I mean, that's the first thing I do when I go into a hospital. I say, if I have a product that I want to bring in here, what does that process look like from start to finish? That's great. And I let them usually. You ask that the front desk lady that or? Usually, too, or, so my, my main call points would be like a neuro coordinator. Uh, sometimes I'll be dealing with like materials managers or uh, purchasing in a way. But I usually will start with the coordinator because they're the gatekeepers for the neurosurgeons that I need to get in front of in the first place. So mm-hmm. they're the ones I usually start with uh, yeah. if I can. So I have a question. So, all right. So you're connecting with all these people, right? And, and, and it seems like it's people from different departments at all times. Do you, do you have like a certain strategy once you connect with those people and, and, and you find the right person, how, how do you relate with them? 
Like, what, what, what strategy do you use to, to get to know them? So uh, there's a lot of different ways to do that. I, there are some people who will go out and they'll take their customers to lunch uh, or they'll go to dinner. They'll, they'll entertain in a way. And, and that's that's something we can do. But I try not to do that because that's I see too many people do that. I want people I want to work with people who don't want to be, you know, chauffeured around. They don't want they don't expect me to buy them dinner. Like I want a, just a good, normal relationship with these people. You know, I'm here to do business and that's how it's going to be. I'm not going to waste your time and I don't want you to waste mine. You know, because these people see reps all the time. So, and the biggest way for me that I relate to my customers is by doing non-sales calls. Uh, you know, my my sales process can take months, sometimes years, to to close mm-hmm. from start to finish. So that means you're gonna have to go in. You may sell the product one day, and the guy's like, "Yes, yeah, that's great," but you know, maybe he's not totally doesn't trust you. He doesn't totally know if he can you know count on you. So I'll go in and I would just go in and be like, I'm not going to sell you anything. I'm not going to pitch any SQLab sales products. I just want to hear how your day's going. Tell me about your family. You know, try to relate to these people because everybody knows. I mean, there's always something else that sticks for people. You know what I mean? Try to be memorable. Uh, you know, I always try to be, you know, forthcoming about what's going on in my life with, with my customers uh, and sharing that because I think that that helps develop that relationship that much more when you yeah, do that. Perfect. Getting personal. So let me give you a, a taste of what, what I have to deal with in my corporate job. I work for a Frito-Lay, so a chip company, you know, Cheetos, uh-huh. Lay's. And I'm, I'm really getting a sense of how different our products are because yours is like, if you can get one of those sold in a year, it's such a big deal. Uh, and, and also with yours, you have to go through gatekeepers and you have to be so highly educated on the market, the regulations, and also what your product does. For me, it's, I mean, Cheetos are Cheetos, right? So I walk into Target and I got to get in chart in front of the, the store manager. So it's much mm-hmm. easier for me. I know store manager, right? Where you have to go through gatekeeper here, gatekeeper there, and you have to know the market. Uh, but for me, I, the, the one thing I did find a lot of um, relevance was uh, going and making non-sales calls and talking to them about the Patriots. I live in Boston. I go and I talk to a store manager about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and they love me. They love me. All right. Then I throw in that the Red Sox just got a new pitcher, and the Boston Celtics, Isaiah Thomas is crushing it, and boom. The next time I go in there, I'm I'm probably going to get a sale, you know? Yeah. And so that connection on a personal level, that's what I value the most in my sales tactics is is non-sales calls – but that, you know what that takes? That takes time to drive out there and commitment and sacrifice to do that. You know, exactly. Carl, you do the same. You were talking about how you have a meeting on Thursday with someone. Tell us about what you're doing there. Right. It, and it's a little different because I have to create my own leads. Uh, I don't know, you know, within your companies, uh, a lot of other companies provide the leads for you or, or you know, a list of the hospitals or, or, or the stores for your case. But for me, I, I have to use resources such as LinkedIn, you know, uh, going back to the technology where, you have to identify the people who are in charge of things and then connect with them and then find a way to say, we have a connection. We have something in common. And I want to talk to you about, it, about that. Once we talk about that, once we create it, because one person once told me, you do business with people. You don't do business with another company. If you trust that exactly. person, they'll give you the business. So I can relate, but at the same time, like you guys, you know, it's, it's different things that you have to do in order to get to that point to close. Right. I'll give you another quick story. I walked into um, 
a Shaw's, which up here in Boston is a big grocery store. I don't know if you guys have ever been to one, but um, it's a big grocery store chain. And I walk in and, the, and this assistant store manager, I walk up to him and I'm trying to sell him. I'm going to put up, I'll buy a, a basketball hoop from Walmart. I'll build it. I'll have one of my guys build it. And, but just so that we can put up displays of our product around it in their front lobby. I walk up to him. I notice right away that he's really tired. He looks like he's about to fall asleep. I ask him, hey, man, how you doing? You, you doing all right? And because uh, I knew him from some, some times where I didn't sell them. And he's like, oh, I worked all night. These guys are working me dry. They don't have enough people on staff. They're cutting labor. And I think to myself, I know this guy pretty well. Let me, let me uh, extend my hand here. And I say, look, like, if, if you could keep this between you and I, you know, we're always hiring. And we have positions. And, uh, and if you're interested, you know, I'm going to give you my business card. And you keep this between you and I. But if that ever comes down to it, I'll try to get you in with our HR people. And, and the look in his eyes that I was extending a hand outside of work and, and like not just selling to him, uh, he was like, thanks, man. And we, we, we talked about the jobs that he could get. He really liked one of them. And, uh, and then after he was like, so what are you doing here? And I was like, well, actually, I just wanted to see if you could, I could put up some displays in your front lobby. He said, yeah, do it. Whatever you want to do, just do it. We didn't even talk about Doritos, Cheetos. We didn't talk about the sale price. We didn't talk about the margin. I just did him. I just extended my hand of friendship. And then he's giving me the displays. So, uh, so many people get caught up in the data and the numbers and give, making big presentations. But I think we're getting at a really big point here that take the time to ask the person you're selling to how they're doing and what they enjoy, you know, and, and it makes a huge difference. Vance, I mean, I'm sure. Can you give us a, 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 a story like that, that, that you related to someone? I mean, you guys are, are spot on. I mean, that is that's so true. I mean, you're going back talking about the sports thing. I mean, I will go to, I mean, obviously we're down here in the Southeast, like during college football season, it's huge. I mean, so like that, that that's such an easy way to get in and sports is so easy to relate to, I think in a lot of ways in that regard, you know, so uh, I can count on so many hands, like just doing that, going in and just like talking, like talking about the game from last night or whatever. I mean, I, I know I, I guarantee you on Tuesday after hopefully North Carolina wins the national championship, I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to customers about that because like people will, they, they love to hear that. Uh, yeah. And, and like I said, also, and there's not necessarily like a particular story, but people will, if they trust you, that that's what it all comes down to. I think, especially in, in my my sales process, if they trust you, that goes that 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 is by far the most important thing. Uh, I think than what I run. And I think Carlos kind of alluded that in a way on his end. You know, by you're selling to you know you're talking to someone, a person. You're not selling a, a, a company. You know, that's who they're dealing with on a daily basis. Is that person? You know, so they trust you, then you're golden. That's the biggest thing. Right, right, right. All right, so. So, so Vance, my last question to you now is, how did you, how have you used your, the, your hearing disability that you adapted from uh, to become successful today? Well, I, I think uh, a lot of it has to do with hard work. You know what I mean? I, I think uh, that self-drive that I have for myself is I got to go out there and I'm going to do the best I can with everything. And that's, that's exactly what I think having this overcoming this hearing loss has given me so much more confidence. So like, Hey, you know, I know I can do this because I know there are other people out here who maybe have a, a better, better deck of cards that they're, that they were dealt. And maybe I didn't, but you know what, I'm going to do the best I can on my end and I'm going to work harder than everybody else. And that's going to help me, you know, and, and also, I mean, being honest with people, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing too. I mean, I, I'm not afraid to, and I'm, if I tell someone, Hey, you know what? I'm actually hard of hearing, you know? So if I miss something, if we're in the OR and then I don't hear you, 
please don't take any disrespect to that. I'm just doing the best I can on my end. You know, so I think being like up, you know, upfront about that stuff goes a long way. Uh, and, and I think also going back to so much in sales is that, like you hear like, you know, it's all about a sales pitch and knowing your product. That's great, but you got to know who you're talking to. You got to understand your customer. That is like the most important thing. And I, I have to, I have to assume a lot of that came from, you know, because I'm hard of hearing, I had to learn kind of different ways to communicate with people and, and, and listen. And I, that has to me been what's made me successful in my opinion. I tell you what, I am going to take from this. The biggest thing is I'm going to really start listening more and start paying attention more because I, I look up to that. I look up to that. I spent too much time talking and uh, not enough time listening. So that's one thing I'm going to prove on. And thank you for uh, sharing the light. Anything, any last words from you, Carlos, before we... That's definitely huge. No, and, and I think it's an inspiration for everybody. Uh, we've had people here that have in the show that started their own business. Now we have somebody like Vance that is doing the corporate uh, type job. And, 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 you know, and it really is about the motivation. It's about the inspiration you have. And, uh, and look it up to people like you, Vance. Definitely helps. I hope it, will, it help all, helps our listeners to also get, uh, to get pumped and to go out there and do their job to the best of their ability, get to know people. And uh, now we really appreciate your time. We, we definitely do. Uh, are you a fan of the show, Vance, or, or what do you think? Of course, of course. <laughs> I, I got to listen to my boys. Uh, I, I think it's what you guys are doing is great because uh, you guys go into so many different topics um, and just some of the other things that are coming up, you know, next couple episodes. It's it's exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy to be a part of it. Um, and I'm, I'm more than willing to share, you know, some of my experiences with the with the two reasonable men and you know again i'm just happy to be a part of it hey Vance, thank you so much your inspiring story is going to help us and help our listeners so thank you and uh we look forward to our next episode thank you thank everyone you.